0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: The winning streak is over for the Phoenix Suns, despite the efforts of Devin Booker. He scored, what, 46 points a couple nights ago against the Dallas Mavericks, comes out in indiana right the place where the all-star game will be occurring this year and even though he wasn't named an all-star starter he showed that he could be an all-star and should be an all-star 29 points in the first quarter a franchise record for points in a quarter 62 points in the game but matthew ultimately it wasn't enough the pacers exploited the Suns on the interior, scoring 84 of their 133 points in the paint, winning late 133 to 131. Winning streak over. Yeah, it was a fun game.
0: It really was. But was. you just thought the Suns were going to win. And even Boca taking the final shot and getting fouled on it, um, I thought he was just going to make the three to win the game and end it the way that all the Suns fans wanted him to end it and get uh, 65 points. But, oh, well, good game, you know? I know Paint defense was bad, but it's still a good game,
1: I thought. Fun to watch. It was a highly entertaining game. Fun basketball. And I think obviously a fun part of it was the fact that the Suns were up the majority of the game. You know, this is uh it was definitely back and forth. We just we couldn't we we couldn't create that separation that was needed. The shot making for the Phoenix Suns was elite. They end up in this game shooting 56.7% from the field, right? 51 of 90. But the Pacers shoot 109 shots, 29 more than the Suns. So the 19 turnovers for the Suns, it led to 24 points. The 21 offensive rebounds that they gave up, its just not a recipe for success. And that's how you lose the game. But it was still a fun game to watch. And I, I do agree with that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know, the seven game win streak's over, but it was still a great showing offensively uh, and you knew what you were getting into with this Pacers team. So um, I kind of expected it to be high scoring and we got what we wanted. Um, zero, zero fouls called for the Suns in the fourth, in the so fourth quarter. I'm sure Fucking... we'll get into that. Oh yeah. Bit. We'll Maybe get into a that. Bit.
1: We'll get into that. We'll get into plenty more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So we thank you if you're hanging out with us after this disappointing and deflating loss on the second game of a seven-game road trip for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Some injuries occurred in this game as well. So we're leaving Indiana uh, not as good as when we entered. So don't get mad at us. We're still here for you. So hit the thumbs-up button, subscribe, rate, review. Pop them if you got them on this Friday night. Let's get into this game recap against the Pacers. 33 to 131 the Phoenix Suns fall late at the hands of the Indiana Pacers. A disappointing loss, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty! Mate, I've got to ask. Matthew, I've got to ask. I think we can all agree. The Suns should have done anything they could have to move up in the 2020 draft and take Obi Topham, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's the guy we wanted um i'm so glad to see him on a team that is high
0: flying like the pacers because that's exactly who he is and he fits in very well with that team even without halliburton he's a guy that you really can't contain in certain situations around the rim and he can finish at the rim so good to see him still in the nba still hanging out i always remember just every year it was like topping look at him he's he's fantastic then what happened to Toppin? it was always just back and forth with the dude but he's been pretty consistent in indiana
1: yeah, and he came in. He was really a wrecking force in this game for the Suns. They, th- their team overall had six different players score in double figures, led by Pascal Siakam. And then you had Obi Toppin go 10 of 15 from the field, coming off the bench, went for 23 and 11 off the bench. You had Jalen Smith go for 13 and 10. You had uh, Andrew Nebhard go for 22 points and eight assists, 22 points from Aaron Nesmith uh, with seven rebounds. The t- the Suns were playing against a video game team tonight, and when we talk about the Suns scoring side of thing, it's not such a balanced attack, and that's what was part of the challenge tonight. I'm not, and we're definitely going to go off and praise the efforts of Devin Booker and his 62 point performance, the first time in his career that he's ever scored in the 60s. He's ended at 59. He's obviously got 70, but I guess the thing is, if he goes over 60 points, he's going to lose a game.
0: Yeah, that is a thing and it becomes one of those things you talk about it's like is it the selfishness of devin booker the cost of sons but i don't really buy that i feel like he uh every look was good and you want him taking every shot and the stars really make sure that the other guy gets theirs every game if they're hot so it's not a thing of like you know book scored so many points and you end up losing the uh, against a actually pretty good team in the pacers and is it a selfish thing no i doesn't become that with Devin Booker, right? It's not a thing like that. I know Luca got seventy three tonight in a win, it, but it would be nice for Booker to get one of these and a win. I just don't know why it doesn't
1: happen. And we were so close to it tonight. It was going to be such a now. Granted, that being said, like uh, somebody must be at the front door. My dogs are going crazy. Um, even if the Suns win this game and Devin Booker goes for sixty two, it's overshadowed because Luca went for seventy three tonight. So yeah, I mean, there's that, and that's I, just kind of well, I <laughs> you mean. Know?
0: Right, right now, it's like everyone's scoring almost everyone's going for 70 every night. I feel like now, even Cat, who got benched trying to go for 70 or whatever, uh, which is hilarious because he's the only player that would happen to. And then the coach calls out the team after that effort. Um, but I, I just think that uh, with Booker scoring as much as he did tonight and then Luka scoring 73, someone's gonna get 100. And <laughs> we're, is it even impressive anymore? 70 is awesome, but like hell yeah, it is. Okay. should it be 80 now should it be 90 but i know but should it be like oh my god he scored fucking 80 i remember when katie reacted to joel and scoring 70 i just remember katie being like fuck like that kind of pisses me off because i don't want him to be better than me like i love the reaction from katie with the towel around his neck um but i don't know i it's still impressive but it's pretty soon it's gonna be like an 80 point game you have to get tf
1: tf timepiece says the era of no defense yeah that's hundred percent hundred cor- percent correct on that it's uh that's why it's happening sham sharani tweeted i says through the nba's first 75 years six players had scored 70 or more for 75 years it was wilt kobe david thompson elgin baylor david thompson again and devin booker in just over one year four have reached 70 donovan mitchell damian lillard joe Embiid, now luka doncic so it just it is a different era of basketball and and that's what we saw tonight because a team like the Pacers shouldn't have the ability to beat a team like the Suns in an, in a normal era, if you will, uh, without Tyrese Halliburton, but because of the way that defense is played. And even though Frank Vogel attempted to make adjustments, the way that the Pacers decided, you know what, we're not hitting the ball from beyond the arc tonight. We're simply going to attack the interior. And if we, and if we attack the interior, uh, we will find success. I mean, they shot 30.8% from beyond the arc. So every, all their damage came on the interior. As I mentioned before, 84 of their points. And, you know, kudos to Rick Carlisle. And he he recognized that Andrew Nebhart against Grayson Allen in the last five minutes was success. And he, he drove at him three consecutive possessions before Frank Vogel made an adjustment, put Bradley Beal on him to stop him from just backing up uh, Grayson Allen, who was a little bit injured because... You know, he, he committed an offensive foul, you know, quote, unquote.
0: Yeah, everyone got hurt today. I even saw Nurk hurt his thumb, and I did see that. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, hopefully that doesn't roll over into the next play, and then he's just not playing anymore. And that was kind of the case because he had the thumb injury and the Beal gets hit in the face. So it's one of those physical games, and it's fast-paced. It's kind of cool to see that the Suns can really keep up with a team like the Pacers. I know that's weird to say because the Suns have a big three and some superstars and a snub superstar. And Devin Booker but I just think that it's cool that they can keep up because sometimes we think like maybe they're older maybe they're too slow maybe Katie's too slow to be in these type of games but they kept up and um yeah
1: I don't know man but I think that's a great point you know uh, Al was Al Davis alive today it's <laughs> a great name in the chat says did the Suns get exposed tonight no what the Suns displayed in my opinion they they lost it at the end was an unfortunate yes but they were ahead the majority of the game against the top scoring offense in the league and a team that plays with the second highest pace the Suns themselves are not a team that plays with pace they're uh, actually what 24th out of 30th out of 30 teams when it comes to pace so what tonight showed more than anything does again does it does it suck to lose yes Does it suck the winning streak is over? Yes. Does it suck that Devin Booker scored 62 points and we lost? Yes. But what we saw tonight was the ability of the Suns to play like a chameleon. And we know that they can play in the slow down, drag it out games, right? We just beat the Bulls that way, being their team that had the 30th pace in the NBA. We've been beating teams of varying strategies offensively and defense over the winning streak. We've already beaten Indiana once earlier in this winning streak, and then tonight at home with Bradley Beal out for a quarter and a half because his his nose was knocked into the fourth row, the Suns (laughs) almost won this game. So did they get exposed? No. I think that if you look at this game, you're going to sit there and go, damn, dude, the Suns can beat you in a lot of different ways. They just didn't happen to tonight because Beal was bloodied.
0: Yeah, and um a veteran team like the Suns, you know, I remember watching the Heat when it was the Heatles and they would come to Phoenix. I'd be like, oh, the Suns are hanging in there to about five minutes left and all of a sudden it's fucking over. Yeah, the Suns, you can you can tell the last five minutes, four minutes, they they picked up the defense. They made sure like there were a little bit more physical on the offensive end, but they, they weren't did the, getting... they did
1: the small ball five stuff. That's yeah, what it
0: was. Exactly, but they weren't getting a lot of they weren't getting any calls, obviously, to get to the line. So I like the fact that the, the defense did pick up a little bit. And, but a team like the Pacers, like if they're just rolling, dude, it's hard to stop. And the whole, the defense, the whole game was just there's so much spacing between them and the Pacers, the wide open threes. In the paint, the pacers were just so quick to get their spots and just hurry up. And you know, when you have guys like Toppin, like, especially that's just hopping in there in yeah. the paint and just hopping right back up to put the ball off the glass. It's hard to stop. And especially with the, the team with the Suns of just having Nurk and Eubanks, who Eubanks just gives spacing, like he's just like, Oh, go ahead, come on, come mm-hmm. on in here, mm-hmm. do what you want. That's the yeah. way it is. Get so as what close is, as possible to yeah. the basket before I they're can send you. Exactly. they're they're as confident as can be that team. So it's hard to stop. And I just knew that the whole time. So I'm like on tonight's pod, I don't want to talk about defense because I don't give a fuck tonight. It was just a fun game to
1: watch. And agreed. But also when you have fringe players like Kate Bates-Diop who can't stop those guys yeah. and negate them from getting the momentum <laughs> and getting to their spots, uh, that's what happens. And, you know, obviously the trade deadline's upcoming. The Suns are linked to more players. So we'll talk about that a little bit yeah. later. Uh, but we've gone too long without talking about the efforts of one Devin Booker tonight. Big Dick Booker. It's an unreal performance from Devin Booker tonight. Uh, 62 points scored. 22 of 37 from the field. 12 of 13 from the free throw line. 6 of 12 from beyond the arc. He can't get to that seventh made three. And it's one thing that I was actually worried about late in this game. I'm like, is Booker going to start jacking up threes because he wants to make seven threes? Because he's never made seven threes in his career. He he wants to hit number seven, and is that going to cost us? He didn't. He continued to attack, uh, four assists, five rebounds. Uh, just a, a, another stellar, unbelievable performance by Devin Booker. If you take a look at, at what he's done in the past two games alone, he's averaging uh, just a cool 54 points a game.
0: Incredible. I just think every time I see this, I'm like, well, what what kind of tip Booker off tonight? Well, it's the all-star thing, I mm-hmm. think. Uh seeing guys like Luca get ahead of it, I know Luca's great, right? 73 tonight. But Booker's just he's been good this year. He hasn't been too consistent, but his stats are fucking great and he's playing on a good team. Um, he definitely d- deserved to be a starter, he'll be a, a backup, that's fine. But we don't expect this from Booker all the time, right? But when he steps it up and scoring 29 in the first quarter, and I'm at fucking work and I'm listening to it, but I, I'm listening to it. And he scores like 10 in a row. I'm like, oh, he's going to have like 13 and 16 again. Then my nephew texts me and he's like, I wish book can do this every night. And he had know, 29. Right? I'm like, what the hell? I, I miss that shit. So Booker's just like, you know what? When he goes up there, this is from David Goggins. When he goes up there and he sees his creator, whatever God he believes in, his God's going to be like, dude, I was writing your everything you were doing because when you go up there, they're going to have a chart, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to have okay. a chart of what you're supposed to be. And what you're supposed to be book was just just a shooting guard. Nothing crazy, right? You can score the you can score the ball, that's about it. But when he goes up there he's be like fuck that chart, dude. Fuck it. <laughs> like I don't care what you had me down as. Like this is who I am because you don't expect it from this guy and I feel like that's still why he gets so disrespected because he just doesn't look like that dude that can do what he does. Yeah. But even like the last play man, I I think you think you thought that was a foul. I mean the right across the elbow, hit his hand a little bit. Did you think that was a foul?
1: Yeah, I think uh, he got the ball. And when he went down on the the floor, they fouled him. And then when he got up and he tried to shoot the three, they fouled him again. Uh, and it's just, it's unfortunate, you know, because it is a masterpiece that he put together tonight. And he wasn't, there was no respect even given by the officials when he, they were mugging him. And he was mugged all day long. I mean, they threw doubles at him and he still put up 62. Uh, the fourth quarter was tough for Booker. Um, you know, five of eleven, oh of three from beyond the arc. But it wasn't him who who lost the game in that fourth quarter. The rest of the team ended up going what three of fifteen from the field. The whole team combined was one of ten from beyond the arc. They scored seventeen points. This team went for forty points in the first, forty points in the second, thirty-four points in the third, and seventeen in the fourth. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, when we talk about fourth quarter sun syndrome, this is it. It's like – and they're, they they were up what? Going into the, the fourth quarter, they were up like nine, I think. They ended us on a 6-0 run to end the the, uh, the third quarter. So they were up 114 to 105. 114 after three, and they finished with 131. That's what did it. You know, Booker did everything that he could. The ancillary players around him just, just were garbage in that in that fourth quarter – primarily Eric Gordon, in my opinion, Eric Gordon was trash in that fourth, man. He was 0 of 3 from the field, all from beyond the arc. Uh, He had a turnover. I felt like he had like three turnovers in that fourth. And if you're looking for a reason why they lost, that's part of it. Another part of it, as we mentioned, there was zero fouls called on the Indiana Pacers. In the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, uh, the the whistle was swallowed. And... Mm -hmm. You know, and and they were playing aggressive defense the whole time. They were doubling the whole time, playing aggressive defense. And even that offensive foul that was called on Grayson Allen, in my humble opinion, uh, uh, Aaron Neesmith wasn't there. He got over there and he started falling away and and moving beforehand. And it's like, well, he didn't. It just it was just some bad officiating. And again, I don't want to hang the whole game of that highly entertaining game that we just watched on the hat of those crap officials uh in that fourth quarter and kind of throughout the game but it was a physical game in which uh the rest of the team didn't support Devin Booker as, as well as they could have in the fourth quarter and I'm not even talking about Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal you know Bradley Beal who went 5 in the fourth he probably couldn't breathe out there with as much gauze he had shoved up his nose Durant did his part but again that you know the Suns bench just unfortunately let us down again tonight
0: well, I mean, Gordon being out last game and then coming back, I'm like, maybe he just needed some time off because he was just horrendous the previous, like, four games. I just, the way he passed up on that three towards the end of the game, and it would have been basically the game winner. That was a huge shot. He was guy, wide. He passed it to KD. Yeah. Well, I know, like, he wasn't really set, but, like, why the fuck are you not set right there? Jack it up. That is just That pisses me off because when a guy that, like, goes in the media and does talk about... I need the ball. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna score. All that stuff. That's fine. Like he followed up with a few good games, but then he fell off again. But this is what we counted on for him. Like we wanted him to come and hit big threes like that. When Booker's doubled, when they're swinging it around, and then Katie already has a defender in his face, and he's standing there all alone. There he is, man. I'm not saying you have to make it, but just shoot the shoot with confidence. Even the one before that, where he shot it, got the ball, defender running at him. He shot that one, but you can tell it's so forced. Like he's just so. Whenever he's closer to the rim, he's just so uncomfortable. The further away he is, the more comfortable I am with him shooting the ball. Anytime if I have my head down, I'm listening to the radio, I'm not really watching, mm-hmm. and I hear Eric Gordon going on the lane, I'm like, fuck, this is going to end up terrible. <laughs> but we just need that extra guy, and he could have been that tonight. Um, but also just the foul, too. You're talking about Grayson Allen when he hurt his knee. like When, did, when the offensive player is already – heading towards the rim. I think it's such bullshit where a guy can just slide in there. But if he's set yeah. before he takes off, then it's fine. It's like, no, that's how players get hurt. Yeah. But that 100%. should not be. A thing,
1: well, and Grayson Allen looked hurt after that because the next two yeah. or three possessions, the Indiana Pacers knew it and they attacked him on defense. You know, that's where Andrew Nebhard just took him to the, cause he's hobbled out there after a foul in which he got undercut. But again, you know, not a blatant undercut, nothing dirty, but something that shouldn't have been rewarded, I feel. You know, and again, yeah, uh, I'm with you with Gordon. You know, Gordon obviously he he's had the last couple days off or a couple games, and this happened the last time. He has a couple games off, his first couple games back. He just looks rusty, and then boom, he'll pop for like 16, 17 points. So it's part of the process with Gordon. The goal is to get him back out there and playing and, and being healthy. And he was that tonight. He just didn't play well uh, on either side of the floor. You know, defensively he was he was a traffic cone, and offensively. He couldn't hit much now. Granted, you know, in a high scoring game like this, people do get points. Eric Gordon did end with 14 on five of nine shooting because he had a really solid first half. Uh, he went to Indiana University, he was you know kind of back home showing off, but he was tired at the end. And it was unfortunate because the injury that happened to Yusuf Nurkic, which I haven't seen what exactly happened, but he hurt his thumb. And in hurting that thumb, the Suns went to the small ball five. But when you go to small ball five lineup, it, you know, that that's their death lineup. So you want to live with that. Right. But Eric Gordon kind of cost him because of that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a lineup you want to end up with. And I've always loved KD at the five. So it's nothing to argue against it. It really does come down to, and I hate to argue. And you said it too, where we don't want to just blame it all on the rest and shit. But like when a team like the Suns have players like Booker, Beal and KD, like there has to be some kind of foul. Something has to be called. Like, it's just insane to go zero fouls in the fourth. So that's what you kind of counted on in this game, but it just didn't end up happening.
1: Yeah, if they had just gotten one three in the fourth or a couple free throws, it would have been a different story. But yeah. back to Devin Booker, I mean, the the statistics when you when you talk about who and what he is as a player, as a member of the Phoenix Suns, it's it's just ridiculous. This is the fourth different arena in which he holds the scoring record. I believe the previous scoring record... Uh, In Indiana was 55 and obviously 62. He set that it's the seventh time in his career where he scored over 50 points uh, for the Phoenix Suns. If you take a look at all other Phoenix Suns combined, only six times has it happened. So 13 times it's happened, but seven times it's been Devin Booker. Uh, He's definitely making a case to be considered for all-star selection. Uh, they announced the starters the other day. Obviously, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit. It's a popularity contest. So when the fan vote determines who the, sta- the starting five are for the NBA All-Star Game, Devin Booker's not going to be in there. He's not popular. Nobody likes it outside of Phoenix. He hasn't hopped numerous different cities and played for different teams to earn different fans along the way in his NBA journey. He's been right here in Phoenix for nine years, so he gets the fan vote from here, and then he has to rely on the fact that the coaches and the players will recognize, which they typically do, uh, his basketball IQ, his basketball abilities, and the way that he plays the game and the manner in which he does it. You know, you were saying being at work, you're, you're hearing some of it, you're getting texts. I'll tell you this watching it. It was one of those games where Devin Booker comes out and these are the Devin Booker games that we used to get in which he'd come out and he'd take like four shots within the first like four minutes. And if they went in, you're like, okay, Book's going to get on a heater because he's feeling it. If they don't, then he starts to go into facilitation mode. And he started hitting everything right off the bat. He was going inside. He was hitting threes, mid-range, getting to the line. And you're like, okay, this is going to be fun. I didn't expect him to go for 29. I mean, he just kept going and going and going. And going. <laughs> it was just uh, – yeah, was it, was- it was it was, great, man. It's just 62 fucking points. Yeah. He just, and- scored, he just scored, what, like 52 a couple
0: like last yeah. week? And you know, even like even as a fan sitting on the outside, you always want the head coach to be like, keep him in the game into the second. And that's what they keep doing with Booker now, and I love it. I mean, obviously, I don't think Booker's going to complain, but someone's like, oh, maybe too many minutes in the first half, and he gets tired towards the end. But I love when he is hot and he's scoring at will. He'll start the second quarter, and I, mm-hmm. I just I think that's a great play right there from Vogel.
1: It's yeah, it's a great move. it's, it's smart to keep him in there uh, until he misses a couple shots, which is what he did. And again, it just, it's unfortunate that it happened in a loss tonight. Yes. And then there was Bradley Beal.
2: And she said, you're not the only one, but you the best Bradley. Bo, bo.
1: This is one of those games in which it would have been nice to just have, you know, kind of Bradley Beal's been averaging about 21 points for the Suns. And if he goes out there and he averages like 17, he's good. But like I mentioned in the third quarter, he stands in there to take a charge from Miles Turner and takes an elbow in the face, busts his nose wide open. The refs don't even take the time to review it until they see him like with his head down and like a puddle of blood underneath him on the court. And they're like, mm, maybe, maybe we should look at this one. What do you think, Stacy or whatever the fuck her name is? And she's like, oh, I don't know how to call things. I just uh, I'm just here. My um, her, her dad's her dad was an official. I don't know if you know that 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 female ref who was out there tonight, her dad yeah. was, official, was like, that's how she got the job. Well,
0: they, they all, yeah, they, everyone that you see on TV knows somebody. That's yeah, how right. it works. We knew the, the,
1: the official fraternity, right? So they go, they take a look at it. It's not a flagrant foul. And I don't really think it was. Beal was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. but it definitely took him out of the game, uh, like literally. And then figuratively when he came back in the fourth quarter, because prior to that, he was, uh, he was having a decent game. He was 5 of 8 from the field. He had 12 points. He had 3 rebounds. He had 2 assists. As I mentioned, when he came back in that, in that fourth quarter, it wasn't the same deal. He was 0 of 5 from the field. Uh, he had a couple fouls and, you know, 0 points. Ultimately, uh, that could have been very, very much he yeah.
0: I just wanted to see him back on the court. Like, I didn't really care how yeah. he finished the game. I'm like, please just come back. Like, don't let it be like a broken cheekbone or something, orbital bone. It's always an yeah, orbital just... bone around the eye or whatever. It's just the uh, the nose, and it was bloody, and it was okay. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't so upsetting. I know it was all over the floor. <laughs> There's blood all over the place. Gross. But it just kind of scares you because you're like, are we going to lose him for some games? That's the first thing you think about. And the way he took that foul. Okay, so when I initially watched it, i'll be honest and hopefully so says jason on here like i kind of understand like the refs not you know really wanting to review it because when i first saw it i thought he put his face out there and i'm like what the fuck are you doing this is before i saw him on the floor of the bloody nose yeah i was like what the fuck was that but he got the call but i'm like why are you exposing your face like that and then obviously the rest happened and then i was like oh Poor dude, but it just yeah, was a
1: weird. It was a weird take. It was a good well, he, take, but putting his well, face he, out there was kind of weird. Well, no, he was sliding, and I think he saw him coming, and he, he kind of like instead of taking a full on, he started to turn, but he was monster like was late. coming in so fast. Yeah, it was too late. Yeah. it was, it was like, just an awkward. He, put, take. he he put himself out there for an offensive foul, and then realizes he's like, oh shit, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, right in the nose, yeah. just, and he came back out. And I know that you tweeted from our account. You know, a tradition continued uh oh yeah this was fantastic you know it's got a, a picture of Steve Nash in a bloody nose Booker in a bloody nose in the postseason 2021 and now uh <laughs> Bradley Beal yeah, with like a bloody it's, nose it's
0: pretty sure it's broken it looked like Marsha or not uh yeah it was Marsha yeah Marsha right? Marsha Marsha Marsha
1: you know but that's one of the concerns now as we wait until Sunday next game Orlando Magic is Bradley Beal what what are the repercussions from this Is he going to have a broken nose? Is he going to be wearing a face mask? Is he going to have black eyes? Is it an orbital bone fracture? I don't think so. I think it was just a a broken nose. But I'm not a doctor. And then you have Yusuf Nurkic, who injured his hand. It was in a wrap. And that's not a good sign. You know, we know that that's the one thing that we've been kind of uh, avoiding this year is the injury bug when it comes to Yusuf Nurkic. And we might have to put him on this.
2: Nurkic Watch.
1: Yeah, it might be Nurkic Boy. watch time to see how he does and how he responds to a potential injury on his hand. Now, granted, he's not great at making layups, anyways, uh, so I'm not overly worried about his offensive production. But yeah. his ability to pass is affected by his by his hands. What a, what? A, who who'd have thunk? <laughs> who would have thought? Not the toes,
0: but his fingers. <laughs> uh, you, dude. First of all, the take, and here I am, just like. Not backing up my boys over there in Phoenix, like i was just like, why did he take that charge, man? Bradley Bill, is your fault. No, but Nerk that take was just terrible. It was like the worst take to the rim ever. He just threw it out of bounds, but in it cost him his thumb. And when I first yeah, saw, yeah, what that, was the play? It was just him. Like he he had it at the perimeter, like left side, you know. And he just, yeah. it was a little bit of spacing. So he decided to take it and draw a foul. But he went up, you know, or down and up, oh. and he just wanted to go through. The contact, but there was no contact. Chris he just Paul lost did the it ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just hit his thumb, obviously. And when a guy like that grabs something, then you are like, fuck, something's up. Because usually, like, they just tough through. They're not going to show any kind of, like, physical... Like, if they took anything, like, in the face or in the stomach, usually they're like, oh, for a little bit. But in a play like that, you're like, oh, shit, like, something happened to his thumb. Because he's going to have... He'll just play it off normally. But anyways, I, I don't want to have to wake up tomorrow, like you said and then just see, like, a hey, Nurk's out for a little bit, or Beal's out for a little bit, right? Seven-game win streaks and not – it's it's nice, and it was enough to see how good this team can be. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a little bit more with health, and then some guys can start to get injured, trickled here or there. I just want a couple more weeks, um, but it was going to happen sooner or later, right, with Nurk? Just a few games missed here or there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that's what the law of averages says, uh, and I'm glad that it's just, like, you know, maybe a, a sprained thumb or something. I'm not reporting what it is, but – you know, maybe it's something minor. So it's not something that you rush him back and he can take his time and make sure he's healthy. It's not like, you know, a leg injury or anything. Um, Aussie Suns fans in the chat says Nurk X-ray came back clear, Thank but God. I don't trust X-ray machines in Indiana. So I, you know, um, <laughs> what? I don't know. It's, Is that it's, from a it's, movie? Or what? It's a weird phobia of mine. You know, it's like if you're gonna get an X-ray, don't get it done in Indiana. Just trust okay. me. On that, okay. Just can't go into <laughs> details. Right. But just trust that. me. Just, just, just trust me on that. So we'll see. Obviously, that's going to be some of concern over the next couple of days as the Suns prepare to, you know, and continue on their road trip. But we'll see how it plays out with Nurk, uh, Kevin Durant in this game. Do want to talk about the way that he played? Bam. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did
2: anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything?
1: I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Twenty points of stat stuff in night. For Kevin Durant, 20 points on nine of 16 from the field, two of four from beyond the arc, seven rebounds, six assists, one steal, one block, one turnover, one personal foul. Uh, somebody mentioned in the chat that he was deferring in the fourth quarter to uh, to Devin Booker. Yeah, Seth says it in the chat, says, but Durant was for sure deferring to Book in the fourth, should not have deferred. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Mm-hmm. Booker was on a heater. He was going to continue to feed him because guess what? When... Kevin Durant's on the heater, book feeds him, and that's just team ball. It's Everything was fine. I mean, we've already talked about 10 different reasons why the Suns lost this game. Offensive rebounding, like if somebody could just grab an offensive rebound or a defensive rebound, that would have been great. Uh, the fact that there were zero fouls called in the, in the final quarter, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah, Maya B says in the chat, he's like, he wanted Book to get 70-plus. Uh, after hearing Joel Embiid get 70, and obviously they are not aware of what Luka Doncic was doing to the Hawks, uh, who the Suns do play on this road trip going for 73 tonight. I think that Durant, it it was a solid game from Durant, again. And I think that this is something that we have to take into account. If Nurk is injured, be prepared for some more small ball five lineups with Kevin Durant. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Can Bulbul just come back? <laughs> <I> know,
0: <laughs> What's right? going on with Bulbul? <laughs> like, he's a guard I, I, anyways. I Keep anyways. For- yeah, I know. I keep forgetting, though. We just need a little bit of length until we make that trade for Royce O'Neill or... Um Miles Bridges, but well, those are smaller Fords, so that make any fucking sense. 164167. Uh, don't listen to me tonight. 166. <clears throat>
1: yeah, whatever. Royce Anyways, six, six. Uh, that was six four six seven. No, uh-huh. Royce it says on basketball reference that he's six four. Everywhere else you go, he's six six. Okay but if you look at Wikipedia. If, like I was reading up on Nets articles about him, they're like, and a good six six four. I'm like, everywhere I go, why is basketball reference wow. kind of wrong? Yeah, that's yeah. fucking
0: weird. Well, sometimes they put like the wrong the nicknames on there that are just made up. So you yeah. can't always trust it. It's like but we can't get
1: the smoke break in there. Like, here's something that we need, Jamsters, okay? Totally random cut. One thing that I do once a month is I email basketballreference.com and I tell them that they need to add the smoke break as Dario Saric's nickname. And one day it'll happen, but I need you, jamsters. I need you to go to basketballreference.com. You go to Dario Sarch's page. And if you scroll to the bottom, it's like, hey, if you have suggestions on this page, let us know. You shoot him an email and you let him know, hey, Dario Sarch, we call him the smoke break <laughs> in Phoenix. Okay. We need to make that. If they're going to have some of these dumb nicknames that they have out there, like I'll just click on anybody on the roster, right? Let's just click Josh Akogi. Nonstop. Okay, that's legit. Uh, let's go with... Uh, let's see if Bull, what Bull Bull's nicknames are. He doesn't even have any. How's that, how's that oh, possible? Chemetsi Metu. Um, no nicknames. Jeez, basketball references really let me down on the fly right here. All right, we'll go with Eric Gordon, because we know that he's got some funny ones. The Hobbit, E-Money, E-G, E-J, Splash Gordon, 3G, Air Gordon. So he's got a ton of those. Like, Remember that yeah. time that we were calling Eric Gordon E-J? Yeah. <laughs> totally makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, there was a few on there that
0: were not true, right? He, yeah, I know that he, he made sure them. that everyone knew. But the one, The Hobbit, he should have said, yeah, that one's not real. And then everyone yeah. kind of ran with that one after the JJ Reddick podcast. I don't think anyone ever knew about that nickname, but now it's going <laughs> to stick. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> but the KD thing, I saw someone actually uh, chat, uh, chatting about how he did have like a game basically a game when i were up by like two and he had a three and he clanked it at the back of the rim it's like what else do you want katie to do for you this season man it's kind of like uh i know a lot of people don't like oh them, no but katie
1: missed a shot
0: yeah louis ck had an old joke it's from a long time ago before anything happened but he just talks about you know a uh when your mom dies and basically like a player's like oh this is for my mom up there in heaven you know what i mean she has to watch your game when she dies like leave your mom alone like what else do you want from her? Like she did everything for you. Now she's dead and she's watching hanging out with her friends and she has to watch your games when she's in heaven. Like leave her alone. Like leave Katie alone. What else do you want from her or him? Damn it. I need that up. Go ahead, <laughs> Continue. What we were talking about? <laughs> None of that made any sense, dude. The last five minutes.
1: Yeah, I know, but still, one thing that does make sense is go to fucking basketballreference.com. If we flood them with the fact that he is the smoke break, maybe we can make that happen. Maybe I'm like I'm going to his page right now, and I'm just I'm once I'm done, you know, because these, these are the the nicknames for Dario Saric right now on Basketball Reference: Super Dario, C.C. and the Homie. The fucking
0: homie the is his homie. nickname. Hell yeah, dude. Sorry. I can see Dario on like a podcast and being like, Yeah, yeah, uh Sun's Jam smoke break. Yeah, that that's a real one. I yeah. can
1: that. out to the Sun's Jam session, and then he falls out of his chair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can see that too. I can see
1: that too. Uh what else did you have from this game? I was uh, I was I didn't covering take... it for bright so I didn't take any notes. I didn't really after. take
0: any notes. I just took uh notes about the injuries. Uh sometimes, you know, frail players like eubanks kbd and the way they play defense on this team which is a really quick team the pacers but the spacing i I mentioned earlier is just horrendous man and they're just like kind of flopping around defensively i know this team's quick and they're agile and all that but eubanks and kbd i thought would be able to keep up in a little no why did i believe that i never believed that it just looked horrendous tonight
1: well we can talk a little bit about eubanks because i did have uh one observation on him early in the game that kind of went to hell Big Crank Eubanks. So Drew Eubanks plays 16 minutes. He has eight points. He's four four from the field. Has five rebounds. But it was primarily in the second, in the first half. He he was actually you noticed in the first half that this team, the Indiana Pacers, were going to crash the shit out of the boards. Rick Carlisle said, you know. The one thing that we have is we have athleticism and size. So we're going to crash the interior uh, on the defensive end to get or, or on the offensive end, both attacking the rim and attacking the boards. And it was like Eubanks by himself was down there, like fighting for rebounds in that second quarter. And I was just like, dude, somebody pop in there and give him some help. He's not, he's, he's getting owned down there because that was their strategy. And like I said, 21 offensive rebounds, for them, it was it was Obi Toppin. It was Jalen Smith. These guys were in there making it hell. And Eubanks could do it, but he could only do it for so long. And, I, you know, I, I do give him credit for trying to fight the good fight tonight. But he didn't have any support around or behind him to to help fend off those long, athletic, high flying high pacers. The, 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 the people who play with pace. The pacers.
0: <laughs> it's. It's a game where in the beginning of the season you're like, oh, this is a perfect game for him. But well, obviously, that's not even a thing anymore. But the way Eubanks goes out there and handles himself around like an athletic team like this, it is just kind of disappointing because he's like the one athletic big you have other than Bulbul. That's why I keep just wanting to see this team with Bulbul and see how he kind of fills those holes that we keep that we need, right? Like uh, rebounding. I was gonna say something else, but I stopped
1: rebounding. I just, I just don't know if Bulbul has the physicality for a team like this. Like they, I know. I just I, I want to see what court. it looks like.
0: Because there was like of a course. little bit of that, that confidence that Bobo was building up to in those two games. And it's just like, what else did he have in his bag? What else did we, what were we going to see? You know what yeah. I mean? But as okay.
1: confidence was building, you know, what else could he bring? And hopefully, you know, they said, Frank Vogel said that he will play on this on this road trip.
2: Thank so, God.
1: Yeah. So, so you'll be, you'll be satisfied. Thank I we're you. We're like 40 minutes in. Uh, but my back is killing me. So.
2: The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Indiana tonight, you sons of bitches. That's where I was hanging out on the subreddit for the Indiana Pacers. Here's what those
1: sons of bitches had to say. I (laughs) couldn't think of like a derogatory term for somebody from Indianapolis, other than the fact that they're from Indianapolis. Um, tough when the
2: sun superstars are all superstarring, impossible to defend at
1: times. And then, you know, Booker started cooking. Therefore, their fans, in true fashion, has, has to cook Booker. Tell me if you heard this one before, Jamsters. Booker has a really punchable face. It's like, come on, man. Get creative. Be better than that. And they were. And they were.
2: Sometimes Devin Booker looks like an extreme burn victim that had multiple major skin grafts and reconstructive surgeries on his face. While the doctors involved performed a miracle to make him look that normal, he will never look quite right.
0: Oh, my God. That's fucked up, That That is
1: That's deep. That was Dude. well thought out. Jeez. Yeah, man, that was like intense. I was like, that's much more than a punchable face. They're talking a full on fucking face off with John Travolta <laughs> and, and Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> I remember
2: rooting very hard for Katie when I thought the Thunder were the last line of defense versus the 73 win warriors. Now I can't stand them. I've never hoped for failure on a player more than I do him.
1: Like, these motherfuckers are assholes. Jeez. So this is great. So there's this guy on Reddit. His his name is King of Nick. That's his username. And he goes to the subreddit, and he goes, Suns fan here. What the fuck is Carlisle doing? Letting the team play one-on-one defense against a red-hot booker? And somebody replied, Pacers fan here. What the fuck is
2: King of Nick doing? Being a douchebag that goes into other teams' subs. I was like, "Hey, man, that's what I was doing all night." <laughs> <laughs> Downvoted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Up, upvoted. Uh, King of
0: yeah, Nick. Downvoted. Yeah, I had one of those too. I don't know if you were on the pod, but there was one where it was like he was like a Suns fan and the downvote.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. They they murder
2: them. Um, not gonna lie, those Suns jerseys are
1: heat. It's like, no, they're the Suns, but if you're saying they're hot, yeah, they they, they look pretty good. They're, I love, I love those hot. jerseys.
2: Uh, is Tyrese shopping for clothes at Party City? <laughs> it's pretty funny. He looked good I don't on. know if, he's, I, I don't know yeah, if he saw
1: Tyrese. Yeah, right? purple No, he had the suit with, like, the tiger, the leopard. I thought it was, like, wasn't it purple
0: know. or something? He was saying hi to Katie. I saw that. I thought no.
1: it was. No, 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 no.
0: Katie
2: and his next chapter shit aside, he's such a cool score to watch. Just so smooth. From every level, fuck Booker though.
1: <laughs> Damn. Uh, I got a few more. Uh, I don't know how I did this. And wrote a recap for Brightside. Although probably I probably have to go back and like edit the recap. Um,
2: fuck Booker for having the scoring record record in four arenas. Uh, double KD and let everybody else's. Let everyone else keep shooting. We can win this, baby.
1: And that's what they did. Uh, and their last one, which is kind of kind of a dick comment. So you guys remember this next time we play the Pacers and you're rooting for them. It's what one of their fans said: he "said
2: Fuck the city of Phoenix in general. Fucking monument to man's arrogance." The Suns jam session subreddit stakeout.
1: Because we have air conditioning, fuck right off, fuck, fuck, <laughs> you, fuck you and your meth, okay? Like fuck Indianapolis got, and other
0: cities, like every city is right. Everyone does meth now. Like I work with some people, I'm pretty sure they do meth. Like how do they talk that fast? How do they it's care just, that much about How, shit? how, how meth. do they work?
1: How do they work that hard? Yeah, cocaine's <laughs> a hell of a drug. What else <laughs> you see in this game? What else you want to talk about, Matthew? Um. I think that was honestly, really, that's all I had. I don't know why we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. (laughs)
0: Jam
2: star of the game.
1: Booker? Bookers. Bookers it is. Bookers it is. He's starting to rack some up here, man. I wonder, I'll have to do like a, at the all-star break, we'll go over kind of total jam stars and all that stuff and kind of see where we're at for the season.
0: Yeah, that's always fun.
1: Alright, next game. (laughs) Wow, where did I just go?
2: You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of bricks and of boards, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of stagnation. That's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Shaman Zone.
1: I feel like I'm in the Shaman Zone, Jamsters. I'm tired. I got my fucking herniated bit disc is back in my back. I'm not sleeping again. I'm working today. I got to work from home today, which is great. But I'm sitting here working. It's like nodding off and such.
0: Well, you oh. can take a nap though, right? Can you just go to go on the bed? Like This is what I used to do. just lay on I the bed. I can't go on the bed. I, you can't
1: Laying down hurts.
0: Damn, dude. Did you go to the doctor today, though,
1: or yesterday? Yesterday, and they gave me some medication, which isn't working, and I got, like, a spinal injection scheduled for fucking February 9th or some shit. So, yeah, it just sucks, man. So, it's just, like, I'm out of it, and I apologize, Jamsters, but I am here, and all I hear is, like, music outside, so it means my wife's, like, deep cleaning the shit out of the house. I was going to say, is
0: it deep cleaning going on? You know, yeah. maybe had a beer, maybe had an Excedrin. She's hopping around. She probably had and, an
1: Excedrin, yeah. yeah. Right right. when the fucking game ends, she comes up and she starts like trying to pinch my nipple. I'm like, stop, stop. And she's like, why are you getting all mad? I'm like, well, the fucking son's just lost. She goes, I don't care. I'm like, I do. Now she's mad at me, so that's cool. I got that working for me, which is nice. <laughs>
2: <It's so
0: cool. laughs> you guys are fighting because she tried to pinch your nipple, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Well,
1: And also, mm. it's like the back end of the game. And there's like a minute left. It's a close game. And like she's sitting down. She's on TikTok for like an hour sitting next to me. And then like the end of the game comes. And the last minute she starts conversing, asking questions about stuff. And I'm just like, uh, what? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, The dog, you know, it's like, oh man, just just look up. And we're uh, getting to sleep. uh, I love uh,
0: it. Hanging upside down, man.
1: No, that'll hurt. It's the only option,
0: I guess. Decompression. Just try one night and you might be okay. So, I mean, you are a bat. So, right. I, I gotta, I gotta
1: figure it out. But, uh, next game, Sunday, magic. Yeah. Thoughts. Should be a win. Cool. They're
0: not looking too good anymore.
1: Yeah. They are, they are starting to struggle ever since the Suns beat them. They, now I I know Franz Wagner's been out. So they have, you know, some health issues going on. Uh I think he's back or he's coming back. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I think that's that's definitely a team that we can win. I, we should have won tonight, so I'm not even overly worried about it. No. I do want to talk a little bit about the trade market. You know, you mentioned a little bit earlier, yeah. uh, Royce O'Neal has been mentioned around the Phoenix Suns, as has Jay Sean Tate from the Houston Rockets. Uh, Saul in the chat said earlier, I think we just found our weakness. No true raw athletes on some positions, You know, small forward, power forward, center. When you talk about Jay Sean Tate, when you talk about Royce O'Neal, you're talking about guys who are – pesky defenders and so what are your thoughts on those guys kind of broadly um yeah
0: defensively it's a nice addition um i just i don't i'm not too excited about it i mean if if the trade were to go down we give up like two second round picks and then you throw in who are you gonna throw in like kbd with it right or what else guys i'm not too excited i just want miles bridges I know it's yeah talked about as it. like well, a hard well, thing I want I want him on the team though.
1: Well, I think that so I'll, I'll start with Jay Sean Tate and Royce O'Neill. So there's a couple different ways you can acquire these guys. One of them is the Suns have their traded player exception. They have a 6.5 million they have, they have like three or four traded player exceptions. Unfortunately, you can't stack them on top of each other but the biggest one they have is for 6.5 or 6.8 million for Cameron Payne. So you can utilize that, and you can send that out and not have to send a player out or stack it with a player uh, to get somebody like a Miles Bridges. Like That's how the Miles Bridges or the Royce O'Neal or the Jay Sean Tate deal could occur. So you have that. You also have Nasir Little's contract, which I've talked about before, 6.4. And if you could trade that and and garner one of these guys in return, the the way that I look at it is if you can get Nasir Little off this team – with that contract, I think it's a win. Have I liked Nasir Little this season? Yeah. Nasty Nas. I love his drop. I love the athleticism that he brings. But he hasn't been a productive player for quite some time. Now, part of that, he's he hasn't broken through the rotations uh, like Yuta Watanabe hasn't. But the difference between Yuta Watanabe and Nasir Little is Nasir Little is making $6.4 million, And he will be at, with escalating money over the next three seasons. He's on year one of a four-year $28 million contract. It's not a great contract for the Suns to continue to carry when they have three max contract guys. So if you could trade him for a Royce O'Neal or for a Jay Sean Tate, it's, it's a wash to me player wise. I think Royce O'Neal is definitely better, has a better ceiling than little could potentially have, but that's the other side of little. He's so young. It's like, you know, Jay, uh, uh Royce O'Neal is like 30, I think 29, 30, 31 in there. So Royce O'Neal, Averaged 11 points in the playoffs as a starter for the Utah Jazz in 2021. Has proven consistently to be a rotational player. Played with Kevin Durant last season and played well alongside him. So a desirable guy out of those two is Royce O'Neal. Especially if you're getting rid of the Nasir Little contract. Agree or disagree
0: no yeah i agree it's just the competence you want right it's not about the potential that we saw in little and ever since he had a kid he kind of fell off that was actually seriously like, right when he had a kid like he fell off and i'm not blaming the kid i'm glad he has a kid but his his performance in the court really just it's it's been kind of miserable as of late obviously so you want someone like gris that's a little competent um just everything we kind of want though is in miles bridges it's in that type of player so it's well, just that's the other thing. Yeah
1: is if the Suns could acquire miles bridge. And I talked about this on the last podcast and I get it. If, if it frustrates you that he's a bad human being or a perceived bad human being, uh, but from a basketball standpoint, I mean, it's a literal slam dunk because the guy's athletic. He's six foot seven. He's kind of exactly what the Suns are looking for. And this is an opportunity to buy low on him. Also, it weighing what you're giving out, but if the Charlotte Hornets are taking either Nasir little or a, a player trade exception, uh, so they get some money back and maybe a pick or two, whether you like who he is as a person is one thing. And that's a different topic. But if we're talking about sheer roster construction, Nasir little is a, or I'm, uh, uh, miles bridges is a huge win for Phoenix. If they can get him here. Um, shit. The, the sun's are already looked at as villains in the NBA. Anyways, Everybody already hates yeah. us.
0: The the thing is though, the way I really look at this is if you knew, probably what any any of these owners, any Adam Silver, like those guys, what they probably did in their personal life. Oh yeah, like, I'm just saying. Like the thing that came out yesterday with Vince McMahon, like you know my whole childhood watching WWE, WWF, rooting that guy on. Now sexual assault, the way he was, it's just everything's so fucked and it's just really just for entertainment. So obviously, you know, the Suns are gonna do the best thing for winning and for entertainment. And it's going to be adding a guy like miles bridges. So I know it's a rough thing to talk about, but he just fits the bill, man. I think he, man, I don't know. He just obviously the season he missed before that he was incredible.
1: The other side of that is Nick Richards potentially could come over in that trade as well. Who gives us exactly what we need from a backup big standpoint. And, you know, like Blaze Megatron says in the chat, we'll just call it the Nick's, Rick, Nick Richards trade. There you go. If, if the Suns can somehow pull that off and get Richards and Bridges here, like that's. That has the potential to be a championship roster. Now, I'm tentative to say that because I said that about this roster before the season, and it all comes down to how they perform on the court night in and night out. And We've seen that a lot of these vet minimum guys are playing like vet minimum guys. But that's kind of, you know, again, you you take a look at tonight and you see how the second team unit performs and you're, you once again, walk away just a little bit frustrated, you know, second team unit tonight. So 14 plus two is 16 plus eight, 24 points from the second team unit in a game in which the, the team scored 131 points. Okay. So 107 points tonight came from your starting five. And, only three players on the second team unit scored, 14 from Gordon, eight from Eubanks, and two from Keita Bates-Diop, who only played nine minutes. So the Suns and Frank Vogel right now are afraid of their depth because on a night like tonight, you could have continued to throw guys out there, and if you have faith in them and they have confidence in themselves, like the Pacers bench does. Now, granted, best bench in the NBA, in the Pacers, 50 points a game they score, and you can see why. Because their bench tonight goes for, let's see, that's 36, 38, 40, 51. 51 points from the bench tonight, right on par for the Pacers. And that kind of determines the game because due to their depth, they can continue to score all night long. And due to the Sun's depth, they have to rely on their starting five as much as possible. They only score 17 points in the fourth quarter. Another reason that they lost tonight.
0: Yeah, they're just, you just kind of want that comfort with the guys coming in where you're just like, okay, like, this team's awesome. Seven game win streak, scoring as many points as they ever fucking wanted to, coming back down from 20 points multiple times. And you're just like, that's awesome, right? But there is just that kind of just thing that's nudging. It's like, ah, it's just not good enough yet. It's not comfortable, right? They're not a the top five team yet, I feel like. But no, they will yet. be with, the, with a few additions here, there. You make that, if you do get Miles Bridges and everything doesn't work out this season... Then here we go, Ishbia. You're going to have to deal with the repercussions of the Suns fans hating you for getting rid of everybody. But it's a chance that he's willing to. But who
1: are they going to be getting rid of? Like, and Miles Bridges is at the end of the year. You know how they'll
0: look. They're like, oh, you you signed this guy or you traded for this guy. And then you got rid of. They just, everyone goes back to everyone we got rid of and we got the big three. Like, if Katie gets hurt, you know what I mean? It just falls apart so quickly. It's just, you have to look at that. But I'm not. I'm just like, put the best players on the court. I don't care.
1: No, I hear that. I hear that. Well, we got about five minutes left. So.
2: Childhood
1: trauma. Speaking about drama, let's talk a little trauma. What should our subject be for childhood trauma tonight? Any memories you want to you want to expose and go down tonight? You ever been fired from a job? It's not yeah, really childhood. Though. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. Well, I still a child. Well, I was young when I was. I was under eighteen. You? So you were eighteen. I was sixteen.
0: Oh, 16. Um, yeah. I was twenty-five. Oh wow! You were just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't twenty. I was younger than that. I think I was twenty. Yeah, twenty four. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah. So, I are we going to do this? I guess yeah. That's sure. I mean. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah so sure, um, why not? I got into uh, investments and all that. Uh, actually, where my sister works currently, and she got me a job there, customer service. I got out of Lowe's working there for six or seven years and taking phone calls all day you know not, not that's fun best call
1: center shit huh
0: oh yeah call center stuff you're you're dealing with brokers you're dealing with people yelling at you about money you're like i don't even know what the fuck any of this means <laughs> i lasted probably maybe four weeks maybe four weeks and i wasn't showing up on time i was leaving early and then i got called into um you know, the HR office. And before that, like I went through like a review for a month and she said, yeah, you just need to improve on this, this and that, that I kept kind of showing up late was not a good employee at all. And they let me go. So, and I was excited. I was like, Oh, I'll be fine. And I didn't get another fucking job for like six months or seven months. So I remember this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was on the couch a lot, just hanging out. And, uh, John was in, he was there uh, through the dog days of yeah. Matthew
1: Paul to see. Yeah. Uh, only job I've ever been fired from. And I actually got rehired to the job eventually, but I was, my first job ever, I was, uh, worked at a dry cleaners over on 36th street, Indian school, park Avenue cleaners, got the job when I was 15 and a half. I remember going in there. Uh, they needed my social security card. I didn't have it. I like called my mom. I like walked outside, walked across the street to a blimpy, like used a pay phone to call my mom. Like what's my social security number? Uh, cause I'd like fill it out, go in, I'm, I'm there. And then like the girl who got me the job, she was a year older than me in high school. She trained me for like 10 minutes and then was like gone half the day. So like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And anyways, that was my job for probably about a year. And then summer the next year went out drinking with my buddies. You know, I was a little party animal in high school. So I was like 16 and I called off on like a, on a, a Friday night. Like I didn't, I didn't call off the morning of. Like I knew I was getting drunk the night before. So like I called my boss the night before and I was just like, Hey, just so you know, like not feeling good, not going to make it in. He's like, don't bother ever coming back in at all. I was like, what? I'm like, I just, I, I can't work tomorrow. He's like, or ever again. I'm like, Oh, okay. And I just like, I remember, I know exactly where I was. I hung up. I was in like my buddy's room. I just turned I'm like, well, I just got fucking fired. All right, let's drink. You know? And then like probably about six months later, that guy ended up losing the store a new guy came in and like he rehired me and I continued to work at that place for, uh, I mean, until I was in the army, I mean, I, I worked some other jobs along the way, but I, I, it was like my, my backup job, right? Like I got out yeah. of the army, yeah. out of active duty army. And I went back and I worked there as a dry cleaner. Like I'm dry cleaning clothes, you know, but it was cool working there. Cause especially when you're the dry cleaner, cause you have to be there like five in the morning and start the loads and whatnot. But like you put, it's like doing laundry, you put the loads in and you just like chill for 35 minutes until the machine goes beep. So I used to come in like, like, hung over from the night before put them in and i'd go sleep under all the all the <laughs> conveyor belts and like i knew that it was 8 a.m because like we would open up and all of a sudden the conveyor belts would start going to people looking for clothes I was like oh that feels nice except in the summer the plastic screws in the summer so
0: yeah that's funny i remember like uh <laughs> cooking bagels like 16 or 17 years old like three o'clock in the morning just not sleeping the whole night oh
2: yeah was doing that just so. all nighters
1: just like yeah okay i'm sober enough i gotta go to work now and then like and, and i would pre-spot clothes so I'd sit there at a pre-spot machine. I knew what, what chemicals to put on, what kind of stain. I used to always uh, like, clean my shoe. My, my shoes were always so clean because I had like a steamer to clean them. But the worst would be like you get pants with like poop and period stains on them and stuff. And you had to like, like oh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was nasty.
0: Um, uh, really quick too. Uh, Stephanie Jackson says, is that right next to Beckett's table? I think she's talking about the job I was at. I think, yeah, it's in the same area. So any connection there would be kind of pretty pretty funny if you know the place I was talking about. So."
1: Beckett's table. Yeah, it's like a restaurant. I just looked it up for really the that's, that's it's like in the area. It's right next to that dry cleaners that I worked at.
0: Oh, really? Because that's right like next right door where I worked at too.
1: It's right ah, next door.
0: It's like a mile away. Okay. Yeah. So
1: right next to that, and it used that's to be called funny. something different. And actually, on the corner of that restaurant, which is now freshly laid, uh which is a breakfast spot, uh-huh. it used to be before that it was a Quiznos, and before that it was JJ, the King of Beepers. It was JJ. He's the owner. And he's the king of beepers. He used to always have the the, uh, <laughs> the fucking the, he used to have the fucking uh commercials on Power 92 FM and whatnot. So that's right there. And then mm-hmm. across the street used to be Avis lube, which mm-hmm. is like a Jiffy lube. And I used to work there. I worked there when I was 19, when I was right out of high school. And this is a good story too. I might as well tell it because I already started. And now it's a bar, it's called like the undertow. And you can go in there and it's like it's like like a jiffy lube and underneath the cars is a tiki bar now. But back then it used to be a lube shop where people did oil changes. And I remember one time I was hungover in the morning and you know, people would come, they drop off their car, then you drive their car over the pit and then your buddy would go underneath and change the oil. Well, one time I got in the, got in the truck and I started driving as an old Nissan and it was a manual and it and had no power steering. And I'm starting to kind of drive towards the, uh the, the, oil change spot and my buddy's kind of like guiding me in but he's just kind of half-assing it doing fingers and i go up on the rail and boom i put i put the truck right in the pit (laughs) i put it in the pit you know and it was a running joke forever like until they closed that place probably about seven eight years ago like i if i go there and i get my uh my oil change there's one of this old guy named howard who used to say on there at the end of everything he's like well if you if you look on there we'll find it on there and i come in and he'd be like and people come up to me like, "You're the guy who drove the the uh, the truck in the pit, right?" Yeah, Howard told us about you. And I was like, "Jesus, that was like 20 years ago," <laughs> uh, and I, I and I thought I was going to get fired. I just went right to my boss like, "I'm sorry." He's like, "It's all right," because it was, it was it happened to be a guy's work truck, wow. but we had to get it like towed out. And it was in there all day. The, yeah. like, people are pulling up to get their oil change. There's a fucking truck just halfway in the pit. It was embarrassing. So, and then right it's outside, story, of there, right outside of there, I took a left hand turn one time in my old Eagle Talon. 1991 Eagle Town. I was taking a left and somebody bah, took out the front of my car. A lot of little memories right there. On Yeah. Thursday, a lot going in on down there. Some, that, some that good was, energy
0: over like, there, I guess. Right. Every, good every, energy. <laughs>
1: every time I drive by there, man, I'm like, man, I, the number of hours I spent in that area alone in my youth is ridiculous. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you for going on that journey with us. Jamsters. Uh, I forgot you were here. <laughs> um, on that note, we appreciate you hanging out. We appreciate a thumbs up. If you got one, enjoy your Friday night. We'll see you Sunday when the suns play the magic. Until then, Matthew, tell them what to do.
0: Go home, love your family. Tell you the real reason I want Miles Bridges.
1: Tell me more about Miles Bridges.
0: I'll tell you, I didn't want to say that in front of the dancers. But. Well, yeah, I mean, but.